For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. Driving home from SeaTac Airport on a Monday afternoon. 60 degrees, pouring down rain. Summer is over. I'm kind of into it. This weather goes good with my Las Vegas Comedy Cellar hoodie that I just bought when I was down there working. And I don't want to brag, but I got it for full price. So, I'm a pretty big deal down there. Can I tell you a showbiz story that's not mine? I think I can. It's my podcast. Uh, The host, the full-time host of the Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas, Mark Cohen, uh, I guess best known as the Mattress King on a very... infamous episode of Friends, but he's done a million things, acting and stand-up comedy, and he was in this show in Las Vegas called, uh, it was like a Rat Pack show, you know, who was the Rat Pack, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., Joey Bishop, and Dean Martin, that's the Rat Pack, right, and he was playing Joey Bishop, and uh, when he like got the gig, or he was like, well, do I have to do an impression of Joey Bishop? And the guy was like, no one knows who the fuck Joey Bishop sounds like. So that part was funny. But so he's doing this thing. He's doing it in Las Vegas on 9-11-2001, the uh, day of the largest terrorist attack in American history. So they're doing the Rat Pack show, and then, uh, so they're like, before before the show starts, they're like, okay, we're going to have a, um, what we're going to do is we're going to have a moment of silence. This is the, uh, you know, I don't know, producers of the show or director of the show or whatever. Before the show has started, they're talking about what they're going to do, and they're like, we're going to have a moment of silence for the victims. And then we're going to bring you out, Joey Bishop, to do your whatever. And then so Mark's like, oh, please don't do that to me. Like, I don't want to follow two minutes of silence for dead people and then have to go out and be like, hey, comedy time. And so he's like, why don't you have, let's do the moment of silence and then have Frank Sinatra whoever was playing Frank Sinatra. Let's have Frank Sinatra sing a song. And then I'll do the stand-up comedy. And they're like, okay, you're right, that's better. So they do the moment of silence for the victims of 9-11. And this is on 9-11. This isn't a month later. This is, it had happened in the morning and they're doing the show. The show must go on. So that night they do a moment of silence for the 9-11 victims. 
And they're like, and now Frank Sinatra. And then he comes out and sings the song, Come fly with me, come fly. Maybe you should have gone with uh, New York, New York or something. Instead of come fly with me the day that planes crashed into buildings. I feel like I've told this story a million times and I definitely wrote it in my book that isn't out yet. Uh, I did a show 913... 2011 at a casino in Lakewood, Washington. Can't remember what it was called. Shitty little casino. And, uh, you know, obviously weird. A little little bit like COVID in the way that people are like, should we even be doing comedy? Or, you know, is laughter appropriate right now or who's going to come and you know all that kind of stuff I am uh, one year into my comedy journey I am hosting at this Lakewood Casino don't remember the middle act I do remember the headliner Ron Osborne who uh is from Portland. He doesn't do comedy anymore. I think he's like a yoga instructor or something. I don't know. He switched to like the world's greatest weed. And uh, you can't be funny after you realize we're all this one breathing, living organism. And beauty, love, and pain are all the same experience. But he was like a Northwest, you know, headliner. At that time, he'd won the Seattle International Comedy Competition. I was, I didn't know it, but I was three years away from winning it myself. Uh, and then, uh, why did I, that has nothing to do with the fucking story. I just threw that in there to show off. Uh, you know what, I'll even it out. I was also one year away from getting third place in the Giggles Comedy Competition, which is a much lower contest also in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> so we're talking before the show just before the show even started I said to uh, you know we're having real eloquent conversations about terrorism like fuck right whoa so weird <laughs> and then uh, I jokingly said to Ron Osborne real name I said, uh, because we were talking about New York City, and I just go, I hope the Friends apartment complex is okay. Just as a joke, right? Because Friends was on at the time. And I do my show. I don't remember much about my show. I think it went okay. Uh, But then when it was Ron's turn, real name, Ron Osborne, okay for a little bit and then at one point he goes he brought up the terrorist attacks 
the planes crashing into the World Trade Center. And then he goes, I just hope the friend's apartment complex is okay. Which, first of all, what the fuck? It's not like it was from my act. But it's still like... You don't really just take shit from someone's conversation and bring it up on stage. Also, people hated him because he said it. They were so mad. Like, he got booed. Like, booed. Oh, that's not cool. And then Ron Osborne, real name. O-S-B-O-R-N-E. Ron Osborne. He goes, Well, that's what Gabriel told me before the show started. motherfucker Ron Osborne R-O-N-O-S-B-O-R-N-E first you steal it from me it bombs and makes people mad and then you blame it on me in my memory I believe it was someone in the crowd because it's a South Tacoma Lakewood area is like a real heavy army military area and uh, I think some were army guy stood up and was like, that's not cool. And then Ron had been in the Marines, I think. He just, he moved into some material about being in the military. It smoothed over. But that uh, is my memory of performing. Not on 9-11, but on 9-13-2001. Never forget Jimmy G's Casino. Now I remembered it. Jimmy G's Casino. I don't think it's there anymore. Let's have a moment of silence for Jimmy G's Casino. Come fly with me. No one knows what the fuck Joey Bishop sounds like. Someone commented on one of my videos uh, this week, and it made me laugh. They, they tagged their friend in the comment. It's on Facebook, and they said, Am I weird for finding this man attractive? <laughs> so I responded, No, it's totally normal. I'm giving people conflicted feelings out there, you know? I would like if we could just focus on my talent and humor and... Um, People wouldn't be so distracted by my physical beauty. That would be great, but it's a thing pretty people have to struggle with. Is that a compliment when someone's like, you're going to think this is weird, but that guy is barely fuckable. You know what I mean? I was in Las Vegas uh, yet again. Nice weather, 85 degrees every day. Although I got caught in the rain there too. I was out walking around and uh, it really started pouring. And uh, all of a sudden I was in the middle of like a, in, in the middle of a flurry of homeless activity because people were like scrambling for cover and all of a sudden there was bikes flying around and people are breaking down tents and blankets and I was just like in the middle of all of it like Jesus Christ 
because I was on, I was not on the strip as this happened. I was sort of an in between area. Uh, but you know, I kind of fit in with the homeless community, appearance-wise. I think a good description of me would be: I look like it's my first day homeless. at a pantene yet. Also, I started playing blackjack machines. That's how much I've been in Vegas. I used to never gamble unless I had visitors. And now I'm so bored, I'm gambling at night. But don't worry, I'm... I finished up $10 for the week. So, comedy is just a side hustle. I invested $50 and I won $60. And so, if my math checks out, next time I'll go, I will invest $500 and I will win $600. So, you know, I got a system. And my system is when I start losing money, I start playing a lot slower on the machine so I can get a free drink from the person walking around. I am, uh, well, yeah, I'm burnt the fuck out, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, I've, I've been doing a ton of Vegas this year, those seven-day weeks, and then the last, September, October, November, and December, I have two Vegas weeks each month. I mean, sometimes they're three weeks apart or whatever, but each month. And uh, I don't... I'm going to try to not do that next year. It's a lot. It's a lot. But, you know... I just paid for half my son's school this year. His college. You know? Which is important. So he can get his degree and get a good job. And still not be able to afford an apartment. So I don't want to bitch too much because, like, the money's good and things are going well. But, man, that comedy cellar, it's two shows a night, like 17-minute sets. And, uh, I, you know, it's like sort of a factory worker of comedy where you're like, I'm just, eventually, I'm, by Sunday, I'm removed from any thought of art <laughs> and I'm just like what words can I say to get through these last two shows and they've been great I mean I'm still you know I still want to do well and I still am doing well but it is uh, I'm struggling a little bit with that a little bit of, of uh, like you know I mean I started having more fun later in the week because I started fucking around a little more with the audience, just to break up the monotony of... By the way, uh, fellas in the room, if you ever do suffer from the injustice that is cruelly known as premature ejaculation... <laughs> I'm sure this isn't the first time you've heard this, but you were a little early. 
but you know, probably half of my material comes from just something I said on stage once, and then I go, oh, maybe that's something, and then I add to it or subtract to it, and it becomes something sometimes. That's probably half my material, and that kind of comes about from doing longer sets. It's That happens much less in, in a 15-minute set, especially a 15-minute set where you're following monsters. I mean that in a good way, like read the best comedians in the world, some of them with some fame. Uh, so it's not really an opportunity to go like, I'm going to work on this new, newish three-minute story that I'm not quite sure where it's going yet. It's just not... I'm doing some newish short things, but... It's not, uh... It's not real conducive to, like... Coming up with new material. And... That's okay, because it is conducive to, um, making me money. And, uh... It's conducive to being a fun gig... Uh, as far as, you know, the green room hang and the crowds and everything else. I mean, obviously, in some ways, it would be harder if I was doing two 45-minute sets a night. If I was doing 14 45-minute sets. But, like, next time I go back to Vegas, I'm at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club. And I think I'll be... Uh, I think Brad... When Brad Garrett's not there... Um, when he is there, he hosts, but does a lot of time, so I'll be headlining, probably. I'll be doing, like, a 10-minute set, but I think he's only there one day, and then I get to do, like, 35-minute sets, so uh, I am kind of looking forward to that. I had, like, a newer, you know, this is all inside comedy horseshit you don't care about, but it's, like, I had, like, a newer little bit that I was doing, you know, like a two, three minute story, and I'm like, okay, it's coming along, it's not there yet, but it's coming along, I haven't done it in three weeks, because I really haven't had an opportunity to, so that's kind of a bummer, but, uh, we'll figure it out, you know what I do like, uh, about, you know, I'm going to, I'm staying at the Rio, one week a month this year, and I'm, you know, I'm there all those times. This might sound weird if you have a more normal job, uh, but I'm, I sort of, I know the people now. I know, oh, it's, you know, Gary the bartender, Tomas the bartender. I don't just know the bartenders, but like, you know, even though the comics, some of them I've seen again, but you know, mark the host every time. It's like, you know, even when I'm in the cafeteria, I'm like, hey, Bob, how are you? I don't, I haven't had co-workers in decades. And it's kind of fun. I'm kind of enjoying, like, you know, knowing how everything works, knowing the people. You know, and there is a routine, even if it's a different city every weekend, but it's still a little different. So there's some, there's some, it's a grind, yes, but I also do kind of enjoy the routine of it uh, a little bit. 
sometimes like you know I'm on stage telling a joke and in my head I'm like we haven't had the cafeteria hasn't had burgers this week they usually have burgers once a week I wonder why we didn't get that So yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to bitch too much. It is like it, it's a bit of a grind, but it's also like um, you know, it's kind of changed my life financially. So, and I am a main breadwinner for uh, a family of five, as far as the other four know. <laughs> Can you imagine having a secret family? Good God. I have enough trouble with my own not-secret family. Also, if there's two families, which one is the secret family? I guess they're both secret to the other one. I was, uh, my daughter, uh, Maisie, who's 15, she's very into, uh, plays and drama and she's like in a play right now so it's not even a school thing it's like a a play company in the city she's into it that's like her whole and you know sometimes I give her advice that I'm like oh I should listen to myself Uh, because she had auditioned for uh, something and she was like very you know she lives and dies by well, there's varying degrees. First, she just wants to be in the play, and then she wants a part that is a good part, you know. And she just, you know, it'll be like, okay, cast list gets released Tuesday or whatever, and she'll just be like, until Tuesday. She's just uh, freaking the fuck out, you know. And I said to her, uh, try to look at it this way. It's like kind of a privilege to care this much. And she was like, well, because some people have much bigger problems and harder lives. And I was like, yes, (laughs) but that's not what I mean. What I mean is to have so much passion about something that it can hurt you so bad or bring you so much joy or it's something you care about so much... It's like a privilege to have that much passion about something because not everyone does. And you know, I had... um, Early in the week, I was having... I was doing okay, but like I was like... I had a couple sets that were like mediocre... I don't even know if they were, but they just felt mediocre because I think I was just my own mental state. And it's like, I was so mad at myself a little bit because it's like, God, you're 20, almost 23 years into this, and you still live and die by how your last set went. Like, it's okay to be gone from your family because you're a comedian and you're providing for your family and this is a really good gig. That's if the show goes well. 
But if it doesn't give me the feelings I want, then I'm like, this is all bullshit. What are you doing? You're lonely. This is stupid. You've wasted your life. And I was, I was, you know, that was like Monday, Tuesday of the week. And then I had to remember my own dumb advice to my child. And I'm like, it's a privilege to care this much. I want to still feel good when it goes well and feel less good when it goes less good. I've seen comedians who don't care anymore. I'm glad I still care. I'm glad I'm like being an artistic douche who's like, well, the money's good, but... I'd like to take more chances on stage. I'm glad I still feel that way. I have a thing. You know? And not... I don't mean that in a way that I'm better than anyone. I just mean a lot of people have jobs where they got to grind it out just to pay the bills and then hopefully they have some hobbies (laughs) and relationships that give them a rounded life and I don't have any hobbies and uh, it does make my relationship suffer a little bit but I do have a thing I don't you know it sure it makes me feel bad sometimes but I don't uh, I know it's what I'm supposed to be doing that's that's a gift not everyone gets there was no burger day by the way I don't know what the fuck happened new owners of the hotel are taking over Rio got bought by someone so well you know a lot of changes I feel like since I brought it, I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, uh, man, was it 2021 I recorded or 2022? I really don't remember if I recorded, I recorded a clean album and a quote, regular album. I, damn, was it 2022? Was it last year? Or I honestly don't remember. I'm going to guess it was like summer of 2022, but it could have been 2021. I don't know. Uh, I recorded in Syracuse with this label, uh, Ghost Runner Records. Um, and, uh, and then there was a whole fiasco because I'd signed up for, (laughs) there was this company that was trying to collect extra royalties on behalf of comedians and if you had signed with that company they were no longer accepting your content at satellite radio so I had to figure I had to sign all these contracts to get out of that other contract they weren't taking any new submissions this is all stuff the label told me I wasn't involved personally but they were just telling me what to sign and not sign but um my album was finally accepted at Sirius Satellite Radio. Um, 
the clean one. And they said it got accepted on three different channels. Uh, Laugh USA, which is the clean channel. Raw Dog, which is the not clean channel. And uh, Comedy Roundup, which is uh, Jeff Foxworthy and Larry the Cable Guy's blue-collar comedy kind of uh, channel. Uh, and I... They told me, I mean, the, the label told me a website I can go look at and see when I've been played. And I've been played like eight times so far only on Comedy Roundup. Is that because I just opened for Jeff Foxworthy? Probably not. I'm sure he has nothing to do with the programming. But, uh, so that's kind of cool. And right now, I mean, I, I can't even tell you like, oh, go check out the album if you want. Because I think it's just a, uh, it's a satellite radio exclusive. Um, and then the regular album, I think in six months or so, we'll get that one put together to submit to satellite radio and stuff also, but I think also maybe as just like a full release on everything, you know, uh, Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. Cause it's, I don't know, it's all these projects never work out cleanly. You know what I mean? In some ways I should be doing an album that's the same as the video special I just shot, but instead it'll be like a lot of that material plus some that you didn't hear on this video special. And the clean album is some new material, the clean version that hasn't been on any other albums, and some clean stuff that's kind of a best of. So everything, it's it's a little muddy, uh, but whatever. I had talked about how my albums were shelved, so... Uh, I did want to share the good news that Jesus is coming back and my album called We're All Here Now is being played on the radio. And sat for some I don't know how it works, but satellite radio pays like way better than anything else. Uh, you know, Spotify is like Point oh oh four cents it's like I think it's like four thousand you would get you would get paid well Spotify would pay out like four thousand dollars per million uh, streams of your song or comedy or whatever which is terrible. And satellite radio pays a lot better. I don't know why. Different rules. Whatever. Um, so, uh, it, you know, it depends. We'll see how much it gets, gets played. See how much it gets picked up on the other channels. I was kind of hoping it would be like a big release. And they would play, like, the album in its entirety a couple of times the first week. Um, which would be a, a nice paycheck. But, uh, you know, eight tracks so far. A lot, a lot of people who go to comedy shows in Vegas have never been to a comedy show. You know, because they're in from Akron, Ohio or whatever, and they're like, we should go to a comedy show. It's like part of the Vegas experience, right? It's like seeing a magician. You're probably not going to do that in Akron either. Um, I'm saying Akron because there was one 
particularly drunk lady who kept yelling out she was from Akron one night. We get adventurous. My wife and I do have a safe word. What's yours, Akron? I fucking know, lady. <laughs> you can't make your safe word Akron, Ohio. It's too long. <laughs> He's yelling Akron. You're like, At what state, motherfucker? <laughs> Akron, Akron, Akron. I know you do. You do yeah. gotta make sure. Gotta make Although even if, I, even if you hadn't gone over safe words, if someone yells out Akron, Ohio, you'd stop. <laughs> you check in. <laughs> uh, look, my wife and I have a good safe word. Um, it took a while, we went through a couple. We went through a lot of cities in Ohio. Um, Columbus, no! Toledo, no! Akron, maybe. Yeah, you do feel that sometimes when you're on stage where, um, and I'm not like that dirty content-wise, and probably of the people at the Comedy Cellar, I'm probably on the cleaner end, or at least in the middle. But you do see people who don't realize how adult their evening of comedy is going to be when people start talking about licking assholes or whatever on stage. And then there, you see you see a nice couple from Omaha, Nebraska go like, Dear Lord. <laughs> uh and a lot of, uh, obviously, you know, you would think Las Vegas, a lot of foreign, foreign, foreign. Why did I say foreign like I'm from Omaha, Nebraska? A lot of firms there, um, which is great, but it's also, same with New York when you're there. It's like, it does make kind of a challenge because you're like, some of the references are not. I have a mailing list that, uh... <laughs> you know, people can sign up for and I'm, we'll tell them when I'm going to be performing near them. I just started that. Um, and it's, I mean, some of the, a lot of the, not a lot, but some of the mailing list is like Scotland, Perth, Australia, New Zealand. And I'm like, I don't, I'm never going these places. <laughs> I do have a show in Yakima, Washington on October 13th. If you're willing to fly there from Perth. But that's one of the wonders of the internet is it's just like, you know, whatever, you know. Oh, I watch all your videos and I'm from New Zealand or whatever. I don't know one New Zealand comedian. Well, wait, that's not true. I think Hannah Gadsby is a New Zealand comedian. So I still don't know one. <laughs> That's just a little joke. She's fine. Uh, I think she might be from New Zealand. I don't know. But it's just weird. I'm like, I, I'm in the New Zealand algorithm? Omaha, I get. But not the fern one. Anyway, I'm almost home. I gotta wash my hoodie. 
pick up some kids from school, reintegrate myself into what is supposed to be my real life. But then I'll be back in uh, Las Vegas in a week. But at the MGM, which is a much nicer casino. <laughs> oh, God. I've been trying to say no to a lot of uh, things I don't want to do. Well, comedy gigs, but more than that, like, just like, I talked about it before. Whatever. You're like, hey, come do my podcast. I have no idea who they are, and then all of a sudden I'm doing their podcast. I just don't, it's not even that I say no, I just don't respond, you know? Maybe, maybe you think I'm a dick, but I'm just trying to, like, keep my brain uh, for myself a little bit. I'm overscheduled enough with things I need to do or that are important to do. I don't want to add, like, oh, I got to be on that podcast that eight people listen to uh, that I've never heard of, and God knows what they'll even ask me. That's another thing about saying yes to these podcasts. It's like, I'm, I'm like, sure. And then I go on and they're like, what do you think of the um, refugee crisis in New York City? And I'm like, fuck, I don't know. It's my first day being homeless. Ask someone else. I mean, if I wanted to be on a podcast that eight people listen to, I would just do mine. It's not true. I have hundreds and hundreds of people who listen. Some episodes, thousands, eventually. But I will admit, one thing that's a little depressing is, uh, you know, as a, whatever, if a video is taken off or whatever, or I just share on my social media, like, hey, I have a podcast, and people will sign up, because it's through Substack, to get the email, they'll subscribe to get the email that says when a new podcast is out. And so now, because a bunch of new people signed up, every time I put out an episode, I get notifications that like three or four people unsubscribed. I don't blame you, people who unsubscribe, but I think I need to unsubscribe from having myself be notified when people unsubscribe. This is the only thing I do. Like, if you don't like my stand-up comedy, like, it, I want you to like it, but if you don't, it doesn't, like, hurt me because I know it's good. If you don't like a book I've written, I'm like, that's okay. That's all right. That... But if you tell me you don't like my podcast... It's the only thing I do where I'm like, yeah, I get it. I don't think I like it either. <laughs> I'm just talking to myself about myself in my car. What the fuck is happening? But I get, you know, I do get positive feedback from it, uh, which helps counteract the unsubscribes that I will get when I put this episode out.
someone not for the podcast, someone on a I put out like a little saucier clip, a little dirtier one. And someone commented. It kind of cracks me up when people comment like it's not me putting the video out. They'll be like, I like it better when he does this. But I'm like, I am he. That's it's me. Uh, I like it better when he doesn't use this kind of language. Like P and D. And I don't... I Don't you mean penis and dick? Or pussy and... I did not respond. Because I don't respond to negative comments. Uh, but... It did make me chuckle a little bit. To like... I mean, I don't care. If she likes to clean her stuff better, that's totally fine. You can like what you like, uh, your opinion of me is not my business, all that shit, but what, I don't know, man, what kind of fake-ass life are you living, where you're like, I don't like how he said P and D, like, really? If you can't hear a man say D in a stand-up comedy video, you're a real P, I'll say that. We're going to call that a podcast. Don't forget to unsubscribe. Bye.